grab it, get it going. Happy Tuesday. Hope you are teed up for some pro wrestling punditry because we're bringing it to you here today. I am your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, joined here as I am pretty much every Tuesday by my good friend Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkly. You always say wake on up. I mean, are we doing – doesn't this go live in like the afternoon? What do, kind of slobs listen to this podcast that are waking up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Do you, know pro, do you know pro wrestlers? Because like the – I mean, I know pro, pro wrestling fans, pro wrestlers are a little different, but I know there's a lot of pro wrestlers that listen to this show too. And that's like from my experiences like a pretty normal time of the day for a pro wrestler to be waking up. Well, I'll say this. If it was a pro wrestler who I just called a slob, I apologize. And let me backtrack those statements and say you're a perfectly yeah. acceptable human being. Yeah. I mean, nothing offensive about it. However, anybody that can't kick my ass, your slobs get up before 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Well, I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of people <laughs> out there that, uh, you know, they you have do you. different I'm kidding. hours. You do. Everybody works weird hours. And I get it. it. Good morning. Good afternoon. It's all it's all relative, right? All right. Well, this is excellent. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful way to start the show. Welcome to the Winkly, everybody. Uh, we got a lot of news to get to here every Tuesday, of course. We dive into the past five days' worth of news, so the weekend, Monday night, uh, late Friday, all that stuff jam-packed into here. Uh, we've also got some big interviews planned here uh, for today. Of course, I teased this uh, one we're going to hear right after the news yesterday on Twitter. Uh, the one and only AEW's MJF is going to be on the show here after the news. Uh, the interview I did with him was uh, recorded just before his fatal four-way match at Fighter Fest had been announced. Uh, so there was a bit where I ask him what he's doing, and he's like, that's none of your business. So there you go. That's why he says that. Uh, also, uh, when we connected with MJF, uh, there were like some minor connection issues when we started rolling. But rather than stop the whole thing and get him going again, we just kind of pushed through it. So if you hear a little, you know, he breaks up a little bit there early on. Uh, worry not. It gets better. So there you go. I want to tell you, there weren't actually connection issues. That was just MJF playing a heel yeah. <laughs> or being a heel. He's not playing a heel. He is. <laughs> he was doing. He that is th a heel. He was doing that thing where he talks with a piece of aluminum foil in front of his face. He's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> can't hear you. Got a bad connection here. Going through a tunnel, even though I'm at my uh, office. Hey, I are you soon? Um, yeah, so. Something like that. Um, also, right after uh, my interview with MJF, uh, the one and only Scott Fishman returns uh, with another interview here for the Winkley. This time he's chatting with Psychosis, uh, who who uh, recently, of course, Psychosis, legendary cruiserweight, uh, but he recently saved a man's life uh, while out doing a show. He, he jumped into a car that was uh, sinking, and he, like, pulled a man out of a lake or something like that. you got to hear it here on the show uh, later uh, later on. That's incredible. What a That's wild, awesome. What a wild story. Psychosis. Uh, hero. Uh, and also, uh, before we get into the news here, I want to take a moment to send our best out to Aerostar. Uh, this was probably one of the most shared around gifts of the entire weekend. Aerostar uh, taking this insane fall uh, at AAA's Verano de Escalando. Man, I butchered that. Verano de Escandalo, uh, where Aerostar, did you see this, this video here of him falling from what looked like the lighting rig over the... Dude, that was crazy. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on. I saw it pop up on Twitter the other night, and I was like, huh, what's... Oh, my God. And and so I've done some research since then. But, dude, that was... um. I, thank God he's okay, because that was one of those, you know, jaw-dropping, heart-stopping moments as a fan watching professional wrestling. And I'm sure for the fans and family of, of him, it's just crazy, dude. Oh, my God. What an insane thing here. And it wasn't like, you know, anything fancy. He's just kind of like, all right... Here I go. And he just like goes off the the scaffolding there, and they kind of they largely catch him. But I mean, you got that much height and velocity. It looks like he seesawed a little bit. 
uh, did look like he landed on what could be his neck or, or uh, his head there. So we have a medical report uh, after what happened with Aerostar. Uh, we, uh, this is from his Twitter account. Uh, we want to inform you that the cadet Del Cosmos is in good condition and will be under medical observation to rule out complications. So it does sound like Aerostar is going to be okay, but brutal. Brutal. Well, he had apparently tried a similar bump I saw the the night before or sometime other recently. There was a similar bump where he fell from a, a Saturday night the night before. Yeah, he, he attempted a similar bump, did not go quite as high uh, and landed slightly awkwardly, but not nearly as bad. But it's just where we are in professional wrestling these days with guys kind of trying to one up their previous stunts and see how big they can go, especially in maybe non WWE environments. And I'm not saying WWE is the only one who can do this, but they have a very safe, protected way to do their stunts. It's, it's a little bit much, man. It just, even the stuff we see in new Japan, sometimes with the bumps they take over there, it's just a little bit, it's a little bit much. I blame Joey Janela and Zandig. This is all yeah. their fault. It's certainly no one else's fault. It's just, it's just Sandig and Joey Janela. You're the reason people do all this crazy stuff. Uh, no, uh, of course not. But uh, I'm glad to hear Aerostar on the men. Just wanted to put that out there at the top because uh, I know a lot of people are asking how Aerostar is doing. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get to it here. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. And, um, you know, I brought up Joey Janela there. AEW's Joey Janela. Well, we're going to start off with some good news here. AEW's all out, sold out in 15. 50- minutes there were reports of fans who jumped on to buy tickets and they got into an 80,000 fan waiting line to buy these tickets online uh, when they went on sale there was more demand for AEW's all out it sounds like than Wrestlemania uh, 35 these are some very impressive stats before we get into to the rest of this uh, news coming out of this story uh, what did you think of the uh, the all-out sellout Dude, it's insane. Uh, this many fans, 80,000 fans trying to get tickets, selling out selling out 15 minutes. Everything about this, I, again, granted, we're in Chicago. We're in a hot wrestling city, right? But you go back to a year ago when there was question about could they even sell out a venue like this? And not only did they sell it out, they could have settled out, what, five times over? And, and so quickly. So it's just incredible how much traction this promotion has had and not only traction but it's snowballing it's like an avalanche of of just hype around what's happening in aw i wonder you know i love this i love the fact that they were able to sell it out i wonder if there was any consideration towards going into a bigger arena especially after the success of double or nothing yeah you know and uh, you know i look over at wwe here and the contrasting story here with stompy grounds we have going into this weekend uh they are far from a sellout it looks like i checked the stompy grounds uh, seating chart here, uh, I think it was yesterday even, and I saw this on Twitter, and I was like, there's no way this graphic can be real. But what it looks like is they've grayed out pretty much three sides of the arena. They're going to try to sell the rest of the seats, the ringside area, and uh, on the side that the hard cam is facing. And uh, I guess the uh, the rest of them, I don't know if they're going to block them off or paper them, give them away on the streets, two for ones, um, <laughs> radio contest. But did you, I mean, have you have you checked this out? Have you seen what I'm talking about? It's it's, it's really crazy, but it's not surprising. I mean, house attendance, house show attendance has been down for a number of years. I went to a house show in Raleigh last year, and it was crazy how few fans were actually there. But for a pay per view, <laughs> right? That's got to be a gut check for these guys, right? Yeah, a little bit. Well, you know what? I'll throw it in here real quick. Since we're talking stomping grounds, we'll get to this this other news item here. I think that uh, contrasts the all out sellout. But stomping grounds, we got some new uh, momentum for the show. I guess new momentum, new new stories going into the show coming out of Raw last night. Ricochet won the WWE U.S. title shot against Samoa Joe. 
uh, in a fatal five-way elimination match. He's going to take on Joe for the U.S. title here at Stomping Grounds. Um, I thought this was a a fun uh, opener here, but again, it's like I feel like this was a callback to two months ago. They were going to do some match like this, and they were worried about a bunch of people looking weak, and ultimately they went this route. Would you? Uh, what did you make of this elimination match? Oh, yeah, it was a fun way to go about giving Joe a credible challenger. It made use of a segment on Raw in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody really looked weak here because in, in a jumbled match like this where it's elimination where there are five guys going at it, right. guys are going to lose. And, and it's just nobody looks like they got the crap beat out of them. It always looks like a victory of opportunity. So I think Ooh. that Ricochet here is the right call. I think it was a good call to do this match. And I think it does add a little bit of intrigue to the pay-per-view card because it's a new matchup, something that wasn't already on the card, which was pretty much just a wash, rinse, repeat of, of last month. So. I'm, I'm going to steal that phrase, victory of opportunity. That's a good line. I like that line. That's a yeah. really good line. You know, but the other thing here, when I saw that Ricochet won this title shot, and I was like, yeah, good for Ricochet. I thought the match was real fun. Him and Joe will have a good bout. But, they, I mean, why, why didn't they just push this guy? Right? Like, why didn't when he debut, why did he have to do all these wins-losses with guys like Bobby Roode? Um, why, why didn't, you know, you've got a star here. This would have meant more. I feel like if he'd have had more momentum behind him and now he's finally going to get to have the title shot, but that's know. not the WWE mold though. They've been doing even Steven booking for the last sure, decade, but that's, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like, why? It does, I mean, again, it's, you know, there's so many, everybody blends together here and that's really sad, especially for a guy like Ricochet, who's incredible. He's a show stealer here. I just, I thought there, he, he could have, this could have popped a little bit more had there been more momentum behind Ricochet. Do you remember back in 2011, I think it was, after Bischoff and Hogan had joined Impact Wrestling, and there was a comment Hogan made that something like guys go out, you know, they'll go out there at 8 o'clock, brother, and, you know, they'll start a feud, and by 9.15, the thing will be resolved in current day wrestling. You remember him saying that? Yes, I do. I remember something Yeah, like just like the speed of feuds, right? But it doesn't have to be that way, but it always feels like WWE has that mentality where we've got to get – to the point, we, we just got to get wherever we're going as quickly and easily as possible. And, and so I think a guy like Ricochet, to your point, if you would have built him up over weeks and let him get here, it would mean a lot more to the fans, but they don't have the time to do that. They're just rushing through and trying to get to the next card and doing X, Y, and Z and whatever else. And uh, I, that's, yeah, that's why the show isn't selling well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? contrast that with something like and i know we're kind of going off on a tangent here but contrast that with something like firefly funhouse right yeah. firefly funhouse has been given weeks and weeks and weeks of build right and so now we're really excited to see the return of bray wyatt and it's just a very stark contrast to what they've done with a lot of the rest of the roster okay so so i'll bring up two things here first of all the other match that's been made for stomping grads coming out of raw biggie xavier woods of the new day are going to take on Sami Zayn and kevin owens and yeah like you mentioned bray wyatt Looks like he wrapped up the Firefly Funhouse, whatever these initial vignettes are going to be, because we kind of got this mashup version of it here. So I would imagine that his debut in ring or whatever he's going to do is, is, is rather imminent. On the Bray Wyatt note, released a really creepy Father's Day photo as The Fiend with his wife and baby. Check it out if you haven't. But, you know, I watched this, and it did feel like the end of this series of vignettes to me. And, you know, where does he go? Where does he pop up? And I think I finally figured out what they're going to do with Kofi in that cage. I think that after uh, I think that after he's done with Ziggler or whatever, we're going to have a moment there where he'll be caught in the cage with this debuting Bray Wyatt. That's just what my gut says. Oh, I like it. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I, I think you can bring him out and maybe you do it Sunday. Uh, maybe you save it for Raw next Monday and maybe you I mean, you do it Sunday night and you spike uh, attention for Raw because people are going to tune in to see what happens. 
But either way, I don't think you have to get rid of Firefly Funhouse. And no. so I think it's even more interesting if he mixes up his live appearances with some of these pre-taped backstage segments to further feuds in interesting ways. You know, have him show up Sunday and Monday, and then next week he does a backstage Firefly Funhouse segment on Kofi Kingston and feuding with him. Something like that to keep the momentum going and keep this really awesome creative spirit alive that they found with, with these segments here. Yeah. So, you know. He's got to confront somebody. I mean, this feels like a main event character right now. I mean, sure. it's all anybody's buzzing about. I look at what they're doing with Seth Rollins, and I'm like, this guy's a total badass right now. He's laying out even good guys with steel chairs. Like, what a dick for taking out Eric Young on Raw, by the way. <laughs> Poor Eric Young, <laughs> nicest guy in the business. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to screw you over, Seth. I, I'm not looking for trouble. Okay, cool. Whabang. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a nice guy Seth Rollins is. So he's real. You know, he's he's a renegade right now. You know him and him and Bray. I don't know. It, I, I, it feels like a difficult, a tougher story to tell. Um, but with Kofi, huh? With the kids and the whole New Day thing, what a great contrast! I think this Bray Wyatt character could be, and a lot of fun stuff you could do. Uh, especially consider again, it's just like children are such a main crux. I feel like for for a feud there. I think there's two ways you could look at it there, right? Because if you put him with Kofi, you don't want Bray to come out of this and his first feud to be a loss. And it does feel like they're protecting Kofi until a later date when maybe he does lose the belt to Brock Lesnar, whoever else. So if he goes up against Kofi, who gets the win there in the long run? Maybe they don't give either one the win. They do their stupid little cop out. Let's do a DQ thing. I do think, though, you put him in the ring, that, that being Bray Wyatt in the ring with a with an unhinged Seth Rollins like what we saw Monday night with him slamming the chair against everybody and their brother, that could be fun too, right? A true, like a good guy with an edge against a guy the fans have gravitated towards because of his creepy weirdness, who's still technically a bad dude. That could be a good feud. Okay. Hey, uh, you know, there's stories to tell with both. I mean, that's the thing about a, guy, a character like what we've got, like with uh, Bray Wyatt right now in the Firefly Funhouse. There's a lot to play with, you know? Yep. So we'll see the direction they go with. Mike got says Kofi. You want to go with Seth? That's fine. Maybe neither. Maybe we're both wrong. Uh, the Observer. Let's get back on track. EC3. Here. Yeah, he'll be. EC3 <laughs> will be the one. He's going to rejuvenate EC3, and we're all going to be way happier. Uh, all right. Let me. So the, the story I had to follow up the AEW sellout was this note. Uh, it actually came out in over, I think, like two posts over the past five days. The Observer reporting. A lot of WWE talent want out of their WWE contracts. Uh, some notes here coming out of the Reserve Observer the past five days about the unrest of WWE. A number of talents apparently reached uh, the number of talents that have reached out to AEW, I guess, would blow your mind. A lot of talents are said to be counting down the days to wait out their WWE contracts. Now, there were a lot of people on the hook, you know, wondering if they should leave or not. But the success of Double or Nothing really changed a lot of things. I mean, Moxley is looked at somewhat, somewhat looked at as someone right now who actually made it to the top in WWE, but was not as hot as he is on the run. He is now. Those who have been, uh, those who might be mid card or lower in WWE, they see the potential of going elsewhere to give them a better chance at raising their stock. Now WWE is offering more money to keep talent around, but some are just miserable, and the money is not a motivating factor. Now on that note. Stephanie was down in Orlando here uh, at the Performance Center at the NXT tapings. She gave uh, this past week. She gave a pep talk before the NXT tapings on Wednesday, trying to convince talents that their careers are over if they leave the WWE. Now, talents have believed this in previous years, but most aren't buying it these days. A lot of wrestlers 
who leave are happy they made the decision to leave. Uh, WWE is now also trying to convince the fans that it's WWE or nothing, that wrestlers are a joke if they aren't with WWE, with an example being uh, the uh, the heavy machinery beating the enhancement talents and now proudly being the YOLO County tag team titles. I guess a bit of a, de- a dig. A lot to digest there, Michael. Where would you... Uh... Where would you like to begin with all the WWE spends a lot of time telling us how important their superstars are, how big of a deal their champions are. Right. And yet you take a guy like Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, he leaves the company, former world champion. And and he was involved in some high profile feuds after his return last year in 2018, but he leaves the company this year and he feels yet even more on fire than he ever was in that company. And so it's the difference of WWE telling us they're important and them being given the creative freedom to show why they're important here. And I think that's what, that's what we're seeing. And that's why these other superstars, wrestlers, whatever, that's why they might be wanting out and might be wanting to look to somebody like AEW because they're saying, listen, give me championships all day. I'm not getting that same level of hype or attention, even though I'm at the top of the biggest wrestling company in the world. Chris Jericho, another great example, right? A legend. He leaves WWE First run in New Japan gets all this hype, all this promotion, right? So I understand why wrestlers might be wanting to get out. And again, money doesn't tell the entire story for people. People want, you know, they want to make a good living, but there's only a certain threat above a certain threshold. It's more about, am I satisfied where I work? Am I satisfied with the people I work with, the people I report to? And that's what you're seeing from AEW is that story about a more holistic company rather than just play your role and get your big paycheck. So it's um it's an interesting dynamic and man I'm gonna tell you what Stephanie McMahon <laughs> give all the pep talks you want but you gotta change some things to keep those people around but I think they might be though Nick I mean you mentioned the Yolo County Tag Team Champions right maybe a dig at local contenders sure. or indie org- organizations but they put over a tag team as a result and this past Monday night on Raw they put over another tag team as a result so. Maybe they're maybe WWE's listening. Maybe uh, I'll give it. I mean, again, it's always wait and see when it comes to what WWE is doing. But it does sound like generally there's a lot of unrest and unhappiness at WWE. And I look down, you know, the pike here. I look at what the future looks like. And you know, five years from now, right? So five years from now, it'll be a totally different landscape. Even people locked into long contracts will be making decisions five years from now. And is it harder for WWE to get more top level talent? I mean, does New Japan? And AEW, if these things thrive, is that where your workhorses go because they enjoy and they love the business? What what kind of a makeup of talent do we see? Does the landscape of WWE talent start to change? Does that make sense? I don't know if that, that comment kind of resonates with you. Well, it, it does, but I also think WWE, because of Vince McMahon's mindset since the fall of WCW— WWE has done a really good job of insulating itself from those kinds of changes, right? They have the performance center. They've been digging into outside athletes, not traditional professional wrestlers, right? right? Guys from American Ninja Warrior, guys from football, guys from X, Y, and Z, guys they can mold into their own forms. Those people are Twitter signings, and we never hear from them again, largely Twitter signings. But the people they push, they put on television, I mean, I'd say 90 to 95% from an independent background, showed up, know how to work, and need True. need character adjustments. And and that's a huge departure from where they were five years ago when they were doing more stuff where they were trying to find football players and non-wrestling people trying to make them wrestlers, and they didn't have a whole lot of success with that, right, outside of maybe Roman Reigns. Maybe, and then maybe they're like, that was a huge success. Maybe we should do that more often. You know, these other guys have, have become a nightmare for us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I, I agree with that. 
But I also think maybe in the back of their, I mean, obviously they're taking it seriously if they're trying to offer up these long-term contracts and saying, if you leave here, you're never going to work again, essentially. But also there's got to be some level of ego, especially in the McMahon household where, well, we'll just build our own stars, you know, ah, we're going to build up another Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? They, they probably feel like they're somewhat protected from that. Yeah. Well, I just, I then, I th- then I sat and thought about Roman and I was like, no, he's related to, to The Rock. He's not like a football player. They just like picked up and made famous. He had he had a pedigree, you know. Yeah, but they they do that with a lot of their women wrestlers as well. They pull in people who aren't traditional wrestlers. Sure. Um, and, and 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 you know, it's a it's a contrast. I think I'm with you, right? I think the company does need those authentic wrestlers brought up to the indies. I think if you were to ask inside, they would say we need some of those. But we also need our own talent pool. Yeah, I just I just wonder if what a WWE superstar is is changes. Like, do they regress mm. a little bit? And do they mm. depend a little less on the indie guys? Do they really double down and try to try to make new talent again? Which is something they haven't really been trying to do a whole lot in the past couple of years. They seem to sign a couple indie guys. Hunter gets him used to you know working down at NXT. All right, here's where you look at your cameras. You've uh, obviously never been on TV, and then you just kind of wait until WWE decides to pay you a lot more money, and then you go battle it out uh, on the road there and try to make something happen. You know, I wonder if they, yeah, again, it's like, do they just start to hire less indie guys going forward? Because this seems like a nightmare for them. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, on paper, at least. Well, but, but it is, it's curious to me too, that WWE is, I'm honestly surprised they're willing to offer so much money to some of these talents anyway, just to protect themselves. I, I, I you know, Mike and Maria Canellis resigned with WWE over the weekend. They were, it was announced, right? Mm-hmm. That's yep. a crazy thing to me because they're not being used on WWE. I know there were injuries. I know there was X, Y, and Z, but they were never, they've not been used properly since coming into the company. So why do you sign them to these big money deals for five years just so you avoid letting them go? Well, and you're right. Pro Wrestling Sheet reported that Mike and Maria, or, or were the first report it. Mike and Maria re-signing with WWE. It sounds like for a five-year deal that both year, both are happy with. Um, now, the Observer reporting both are likely receiving a lot of money for new contracts because WWE is trying, obviously, so hard to not let people go. A uh, couple things came to my mind. First of all, they have a kid now, right? Sure. So, I mean, they get to stay together, it sounds like, on the road. Uh, I don't know what kind of schedule they've worked out with WWE where they're going to be able to go be parents and also, you know, put a whole bunch of money away guaranteed for the next five years for whatever they need to do as parents. You know, it's a very fertile landscape here right now, but if they throw a ton of money at you and you're in a parent, you're in a position where you're like, hey, you know what? We, we can ride this out for five years. We're going to live a pretty good quality of life. Our, our kid will be taken care of. Maybe it's a gamble elsewhere at the, at the moment, you know? I'm happy for – and, I'm, and let, me, let me clarify. I'm absolutely happy for them. I think it's amazing they got this deal. I am just – I can't figure out what it is WWE is trying to do other than well, – it feels less like they're making strategic offensive decisions and more like they're trying to play defense against what's happening out there in the indies. I, I have a feeling – well, with Maria, you know, they look at Maria, I think, as a commodity, right? Like, that was always what was said when they re-signed them is they kind of saw Maria more – you know, they gave him her last name, right? Like sure, they're, sure. They're, He's Mike Canellas, you know? So they saw more value in her. But, you know, in the past couple of years, well, they haven't done a lot of uh, with Mike – uh, he has gotten a lot better shape, and they did that one stellar video package about him uh, overcoming his addictions. I think it was from Prescription Painkillers to get his life right, and is now one of those inspirational stories. And there's nothing that I think WWE finds more value in than having those kinds of stories around. You know, so 
even if it doesn't necessarily lead to a huge push or whatever, I think there's value in having Mike as an advocate out there. One of those guys where it's like, hey, before WWE, I was out in the indies and I was doing all these pills to get through. I got here and they told me to clean up and I did. And now I'm in the best shape of my life and I get to make a ton of money for my family. You know, I see value in that for WWE. Absolutely. I think the bigger picture here for me, I think WWE is the way it seems to me and no insight here into any of AW's books, right? No insight here into any of WWE's closed door long-term strategy, but all this talk around AEW selling out arenas, WWE signing contracts a long-term and saying, don't leave us. I truly believe WWE thinks this is going to be a short-term battle, not a long-term war. I think that they're, they're stealing themselves out. You know, well, AEW is going to come up here. They're hot right now. They're going to sell out a couple of arenas. They're going to go to TNT in the fall. And I think WWE expects them to be kind of petering out in 24 to 36 months from now. I'm not gone away, but turning back to the level of what we saw with Impact Wrestling in, in kind of the late 2010s. Well, we got a couple updates on NXT talent here. Uh, the Observer reporting Matt Riddle is expected to stay in NXT for a long time as WWE does not want to rush him. What do you think of that decision? I think it's a great decision. You think it's a good idea? <laughs> okay. I, I just, until, I'm not convinced that they brought him up at this very second it would serve him anything. And I, I think you put an NXT championship on him and give him a run down there. I think it's good right now. I know we, we want to see him fight Brock Lesnar, whoever, but I don't know. I like this. I think if you, I would like to see an experiment with a guy like Matt Riddle, maybe one or two other guys where you bring him up and you just push him, right? You give him a lot of vignettes and you just give him some wins for a couple months and you push him. And then to see how that affects the landscape around them and what happens when you finally pit a couple of those guys against each other and it means something on the main roster. Because we haven't really seen a, a, a talent come up from NXT that just gets pushed. You know, it's been a while sure. since that. And I think that with Matt Riddle, I get it. Keeping NXT, don't want to rush it. But you do, you haven't done that. And if you want like a, a surefire person that will connect with your base right now, I think a lot of your base, I, I do see, a, I think maybe a missed opportunity to not strike while the iron is hot here with someone like a Matt Riddle. I would love to see that happen as well, but knowing what they've done in the past, right? Past performance is a great indicator of future performance. Since that's not likely to happen. I I'm glad to see them say he's going to stick around NXT for a while. Just push him. Okay. Push, uh, him. push, push it, push, push him. him real good. Push him. Uh, we had a couple returns at the NXT tapings. Uh, we're not going to get into spoilers here, but Killian Dane is back in NXT. Uh, he has a new look jeans and a cutoff t-shirt. Uh, looks to be back in NXT for good at the moment. Apollo Crews also was back at the recent set of uh, NXT tapings. And Fandango also returned at the recent set of NXT tapings, realigning with Breeze. And uh, he is uh, now dressed in jeans and a white tank top. Kind of looks like a, a bizarro Dean Ambrose. Uh, at WrestleVotes reporting that NXT Creative and Triple H are thrilled with the card they put together for the upcoming NXT TakeOver Toronto 2 show. Uh, names in the mix. Uh, a lot of characters right now, I think, in NXT that fans have, you know, of the NXT product have had time to get behind here. You know, I, I don't want to give away the card here because I, I don't think it's it's all been announced. But I was happy to see some of these names, especially Fandango. Him and Breeze in NXT, that's uh, that's lightning right there. They're, they're going to have a lot of fun, I think, in NXT. Great talents who were given a platform maybe with their forensic files knockoff on SmackDown, but never given the true leash they needed to run free. So I, I love this. Fandango is I think an asset to this company. Maybe he's not a main eventer at this point, but I think he has a lot to offer. He saw it in the ring. Uh, him and Breeze, great together. Yeah. And I think NXT is, we, we talk about AW so much, we talk about the problems with WWE. 
NXT is still doing a lot of really good work down there, and I hate the fact that they're the ones who seem to get shortchanged every week as we talk about professional wrestling. And I'm glad to see the experiment of what would happen if we sent a couple of these guys down to NXT to get reheated up. What does that look like? Because I feel it's come up on conference calls with Triple H. Where he's like, yeah, you know, you know, NXT, we, we can do that. I'd love to do that. But we haven't really seen them push on it. To see Fandango, Breeze, Apollo Crews down there getting to, to try some things out. And again, I don't know with Apollo Crews if that was a one-off or he'll be a regular. But Fandango and Breeze down there getting their wits about them, reforming that base, finding a bit of a new personality. If they can stick to whatever these guys go down there and come up with uh, and translate that to the main roster – I'm really ex- I'm interested to see if that experiment works because I, I think there's a couple people that could uh, uh, use a rinse cycle like that at the moment. Yeah, I mean we're at the point where guys like Bobby Roode probably could afford a little bit of time back down there in a higher level run. So, yep, glorious. I dig it. Glorious Bobby. Roode. Where is Bobby Roode? Has he even been on TV? Did, I, I guess he was in the 24/7 segment, right? A couple. Weeks I think ago? I saw him running to chase our truth last night. Oh, he's part of the horde. Oh. Mm. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Maybe Vince McMahon realized nobody would take their Rick Rude knockoff seriously. Uh. Well, last night was, I think, the shortest, (laughs) the least screen time the 24-7 title has gotten since it's been debuted. It was just the the quick segment with Truth and Carmella dressed like, you know, wackiness and then running away. Isn't this strange? I liked that. I thought that was hilarious when the camera did the pan to them. I laughed. But we're kind of back to week one, 24-7 rules, not all the creativity and fun we've had the last few weeks. Again, this, I knew at some point it would start to uh, – maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they get back to it here tonight on SmackDown. But, uh, I, you know, I think Vince's uh, shiny toy may be getting a little dull. We'll see. Uh, CM Punk was asked on social media if he's going to disappoint fans by never going to work to AEW, and he said yes. comicbook.com love it comicbook.com spoke with Cody Rhodes and he said the door is always open to punk do you believe him do you not believe him what do you think of punk saying yeah I'm gonna let you all down oh it's perfect it's it's amazing because fans you know at CM Punk and you know hey man you're gonna be at the next AEW show I'm sure he gets tired of seeing those tweets pop up yeah whatever he's not gonna tell you on social media if he's he's just gonna show up and be there uh you know in in September and that's it right so uh it's hilarious Punk I think still could legitimately appear at All Out don't none on saying I know he will right but he still could even though he said he's gonna disappoint fans that's a very CM Punk thing to do well uh, you know I'll never forget right after the CM Punk Colt Cabana trial that I covered here in Chicago and I got to do the uh, the post trial interview with Punk and I'm sitting there we had to I asked about Dr. Ma and all that and then I was like oh you gotta get you gotta ask him is he gonna be it all in you know because that was like a month or so later and he said no and sure enough he wasn't there so, like, I don't know if you want to take Punk at his word or not. He wasn't working us then. May not be working us now. Who knows? I will just say that. Uh, that was my point of reference. I'm always skeptical because I remember the infamous interview they did with uh, Shawn Michaels back in 2000 and was it two? The WWE All Access, you know, whoever it was, their profile um, 2020 style show, whatever they did with interviewing superstars. And one of the first ones they did, they interviewed Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, are you done with professional wrestling? And he said, Yes, I am. And then, like, two nights later, he debuted as a new member of the NWO on Raw. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get to our John Moxley block here. Uh, Moxley will not be participating in New Japan's G1 show in Dallas because his AEW contract prevents him from taking other major North American bookings right now. This is uh, exactly in line with what I was uh, suspecting was the issue here. Not going to give away this guy's new J- or North American debut 
uh, in a non-AEW ring. But I don't think tickets are moving particularly quickly here for this G1 show in Dallas, I'm told. Uh, is that is that what you're hearing as well? That's that's what I've heard. I mean, New Japan has historically struggled a little bit stateside to get these tickets sold. I know they did the big shows in, in California last year, the year before, but not not a huge desire over here. It feels like for New Japan, they need American stars. I almost wonder, Nick, if this isn't a little bit of posturing on the side of AEW as well. I think you're right. They want to protect North American debut. But also, there's kind of an element of, hey, listen, if you want to use our guys, we need to have a more solidified partnership, right? We've played nice with you. But if you want to use our talent and you want to build off what we're building here, then let's formalize this better. Okay. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And again, from what I've gathered, I don't think ROH and New Japan's contract comes up to the end of the year. So I don't really know that they could even formally have those conversations. I think right now it's just you know mox is here but i you're right i think that would be a talking point that may come up later in the year if people want to change dancing partners or or take on new dancing partners whatever they want to mm-hmm. do uh also in the world of john moxley uh enzo and kaz xl were at a new wrestling event over the week and that's the name of the company new north england <laughs> new england wrestling i believe uh, a over- new wrestling event last week <laughs> new is the initials for the company are new also, uh, Enzo and Kaz XL is like the name of like an, a really bad energy drink you would find. <laughs> okay, new. <laughs> all right, let's this over. This is like a Mad Lib. Enzo and Kaz XL were at a new wrestling event over the weekend, and they issued an open challenge. And the surprise respondent was none other than John Moxley, who laid them both out. Uh, and uh, and there you go. John Moxley laid out Enzo and Kaz XL, and and there you go. Uh, Renee Young uh, also tweeted out in the world of John Moxley news. Uh, have you ever watched Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe? In quotes, uh, Cole or Dash JM. So I guess uh, Moxley's around the house asking Renee Young if if she's ever seen Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe. That's fun. It, the, fans want to read into it. That's just fun marriage shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> fun marriage. Every time I see her talk, I see her listen to her talk on, on WWE TV. I'm like. What is it? I, that's the reality show I want. I want to know what's going on with Renee day to day in WWE right now. Just Do you it. think there is a scenario where John Moxley could appear on Total Divas? <laughs> like, well, they cut him. I don't think people would like. I don't think they. I think their audience didn't like those two on the show. <laughs> Much uh, like that's... Lana and Rusev, I think they got uh, screener grouped out. So, uh, but maybe who knows. Leo Rush, uh, f- former, current WWE superstar, Leo Rush, he started releasing some cryptic promos on YouTube uh, where he seems to be alluding to the idea that he's either left WWE in some fashion. I, I don't know. Have you checked out these uh, cryptic promos from Leo? Yeah, they're strange. They're real Very, weird. Yeah, super weird. So I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe maybe we can find out. <laughs> One man hype mach- hype machine right there. Uh, somebody we won't be seeing on TV. It sounds like uh, soon uh, would be uh, well. The Observer reporting Lars Sullivan out with what appears to be a knee injury. Does not look like it could be a minor thing. But WWE is going to know more after the MRI. I, I was kind of bummed to hear about this. I thought that Lars kind of weathered the storm of the of the social media incidents fairly well. You know, um, you know he he had a good moment there with Titus it seemed like we could maybe have a positive story in that regard and I was enjoying watching him work with the Lucha Brothers I thought it was a fun old school kind of pairing I'm a little bummed to hear about this 
Yeah, I am too, especially for Lars Sullivan's sake, because he was just kind of poised to maybe finally break out after all the baggage that's been surrounding him. Yeah. And I worry that, I don't know this, but maybe WWE is a little bit gun shy to pull the trigger on him again and have to go through all this building up again. And I would not be surprised if his return isn't to NXT. It, it's, uh, it kind of, in a weird way, reminds me of Karma. You know, Awesome Kong, mm-hmm. when she was in WWE, came in monster for about a month and a half and then... You know, uh, she had to leave because she she became pregnant. Maybe that should be Lars's thing. He should come out and say he's with child, and that <laughs> he can't continue to wrestle. There's an Attitude Era storyline if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Lars Sullivan pregnant. We will find out. It's not that Tuma. Uh, it's not that Tuma. That's Kindergarten Cop Junior. Was the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is pregnant? Junior. You had to ruin it. Thanks, Nick. Junior, different <laughs> film, different <laughs> wacky Arnold Schwarzenegger film. All right. Um. Uh, also coming out of Raw uh, last night, Dana Brooke was busted open during a match against Sarah Logan on WWE main event. She got busted, thrown into the post. The referee threw up the X to end the match. There's photos of her out there bleeding from the face. It looks pretty bad, but she's a trooper, and like we've heard all these positive Dana Brooke stories right now. I feel like this is only going to get the fans to rally more around Dana Brooke right now uh, that she went through something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she seems to be getting this weird kind of like momentum behind yes. her from just things like this. And yeah. I wish they would use her more. Yeah. Well, I, that's the thing is it's like an organic kind of momentum. You know, uh, she you know, these nice stories came about how hard she was working. You know, she did. You know, she's she seems to have gotten a little bit better shape. She did that big crossbody off the ladder before Money in the Bank on Raw that looked awesome. So mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised they haven't done more with her. And I think you're right. I think there's a little bit of momentum here for Dana Brooke. Um, and uh, Sarah Logan, the, her opponent in this match, during Raw, in between commercials, cut a promo playing up her Viking heritage. Now, it should be noted that she is married to Viking Raiders Eric, so she is in the Viking family here. And, and I would dig this. You know, they're, they're not really doing much with the Viking Raiders right now. I think putting Sarah with her with them would, would be different and fun, and I, I like that trio. I think that would be a good trio. I like it. I, I like the fact that they went back to them on Monday night and they used them in a meaningful way. They, they even said on the announce team that they're one of the most dominant tag teams in WWE this today. So had adding a woman, though, at, like, you know, Sarah Logan, I think that would be a neat way to differentiate them from the other big men tag teams on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, PWInsider.com reporting John Cena was uh, backstage at Rock. They were in L.A., but the Bella Twins, while in town, were not. Mm. I want. I bet. I bet he couldn't see them. Huh? Mm, drama. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, intro- John Cena stopping in, saying hello, shaking hands. Still wanted to be around around the wrestling business. That's good, considering the uh, the recent retirement uh, news bit he gave TMZ. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I expect we'll see John Cena come back like The Rock did for a one-off or two-off here. You know, he he still has a passion for this man, industry, I believe. Man, him and Bray Wyatt now would be a blast. Huh? That'd be a blast. Revisit you could that. you could do so much with John Cena if you used him instead of just bringing him back to to reignite his old John Cena rapper gimmick like they did at WrestleMania. I'd I'd love to see him come back and do something. Yeah, I, well, I think that it'd be cool to have John come back and really get somebody over and try to maybe even like do a, a torch passing. They tried it with Roman, and obviously I think that Roman's where he is. I don't really know that anybody, you know, other than maybe the WWE's checkbook, see him as the uh, the, the centerpiece here. I don't know who that is, but I think that, that there is something to the idea of John Cena really coming back to put somebody over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, PWInsider.com reporting, uh, there was a rumor that uh, Undertaker and Goldberg had a blow-up backstage at Super Showdown. That did not happen, uh, though both men did collapse backstage after the match. Uh, the Observer reporting has believed Goldberg suffered a concussion early in the match, so rumor killer there. 
Uh, we got I mean, Goldberg was obviously blown up pretty early on in the match. Oh, I just imagine screen. them both going, we did it. <laughs> we, we did it. Uh, Ric Flair has apologized to Shawn Michaels after calling him out in his in- insane post-hospital vit- rant video. Uh, his exact quote was, I wanted to take a moment to apologize to Shawn Michaels. Shawn, I got excited. I was upset about some stuff, and I took it out on you. I apologize. You and Ricky Steamboat will always be the greatest wrestlers I've ever been in the ring with. Let's leave it at that. Good. Great. He, he, Ric Flair is obviously, he's trying to jockey for another match, right? That's what he's doing right now. <laughs> he's just cutting should... promos on everybody and seeing what sticks. So maybe WWE will bring him back for one more match. You know, 24-7 champion. That's all I'm going to say, right? <laughs> I mean, I think that there's a way to do it where you could put the title on Rick. I'm uh, just saying. Well, that'd be great. Our truth and Ric Flair. Ric Flair's final match is against our truth. Yeah, quick roll up in the back. I don't even know if you could do a roll up. Like somebody knocks him out and Rick just kind of walks over, puts his foot on top of him, <laughs> walks away with the title. <laughs> like, you don't need to get Book- too. You don't need to get too ridiculous with it. You know. Uh, Scarlett Brudeau. Last news item here. Scarlett Brudeau. Uh, Scarlett had two stories flare up in the past five days. First of all, Impact has officially released her as of this morning. They put out a tweet noting she is no longer with the company. They wish her well uh, in the best. They wish her the best in her future endeavors. Give her the old WWE line. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, Killer Cross did this interview, I believe, with Fightful last week, talking about how Scarlett uh, still working another job, living with her mom, you know, wasn't making enough money at Impact. Cross obviously had a lot of the same complaints. So nice that if she can't make a, the money she needs to in a full-time capacity, Impact, I think, did the right thing here by letting her go. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it's the best thing for both parties, and uh, she'll, she'll still do go, go do great things out there. Also, uh, she was at a AAA show, the same show that Aerostar did the big leap uh, from over the weekend, and uh, she was ringside up against the rails, and a fan, like, grabbed her. Now, I've seen the video. Uh, the fan looks a little overexcited here. I think he thought it was funny, but it's super creepy. Okay, uh, uh, Lady Shanai, who was also in the match, quickly broke it up, pulled Scarlett away. Scarlett, after the fact, got to, took on social media and was like, I didn't even realize this had really happened until it was after over and I saw the, the video. And she posted a lot of really pissed off tweets and social media posts, which she has every right to do, making it very clear that, you know, regardless of how people dress or the position they're in or whatever, you should not do anything like that, obviously. Um... Michael, it makes me sad that we even have to have this talk, right? Like just... it, it, it's like you tweeted a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember what the exact phrasing was. It was something like, basically, fans don't be jackasses. Yes. And professional wrestlers don't be jackasses. Essentially, like, can't we just coexist in a way that doesn't make the business look bad? And especially fans. Come on, guys. You're the, I know you all want to be a part of the show, but doing something like this is nothing more than just juvenile. And I will add to that, not only juvenile as far as just the way you act, but it's it is uh, it's a form of assault, right? Grabbing people mm-hmm. unwanted. That's a form of assault here. So mm-hmm. just don't do it. I guess at this time was most recently seen as part of AEW's Double or Nothing. He is the one, the only. It is MJF. MJF, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me here today for the Winkley. God, you are so welcome. I don't know if I could have done that better myself. I mean, that's honestly that's me being humble. I could have, but it was, it was a decent introduction. I'm proud of you. Thank, thank you, MJF. You know, it's you know, you're so busy, right? You know, you live such an extravagant, opulent lifestyle. I, I mean, I'm surprised you could even find the uh, the time to chat with me here today. So I, I really do genuinely appreciate yeah. it. You're absolutely not wrong. Uh, I am tired. I'm exhausted. People don't understand what it's like being me, and they never will. Uh, so I'm going to try my best to uh, relate to all the listeners here for uh, 
your little news sites and uh, get this over as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I'd rather be doing literally anything else. So let's get this thing started. Okay, well, I have to say, first of all, uh, right after Double or Nothing, uh, our website got flooded with a lot of traffic, and you were, of all the AEW talent, believe it or not, the most referenced person in our comment section on the site. So I know that our fans are very interested in what you have to say here today, MJF. And, and on that note, let's start off by saying, you know, how did you initially get approached to join AEW? What was that process like for you? Uh, it was a pretty easy one. I mean, uh, my best friend, my mentor, the roller coaster, the king of the crossroads, Cody Rhodes, he hit me up. He said, MJF, uh, we need the future face of the company. We need somebody that we can put this company on the back of and just ride them like a And that is moi. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was pretty simple. I had met Cody Rhodes in Canada uh, for a promotion called Alpha One Wrestling. Uh, he got to see me for a and he instantly realized that when it comes to me, it was just pretty funny. And uh, that is how the relationship started. Uh, I had did all in. I obviously had the best performance on that show, Doi. And uh, then, yeah, it was, it was pretty simple stuff. I got hit up uh, by TK, Tony Khan, if that's over any of your listeners' heads. And uh, they sent me a nice little contract, Ski. Right. And so uh, how has it been uh, for you transitioning out of the independent scene to, to working for a major promotion like AEW? What is that like for you? You know, it's nice to look to my left and look to my right and not have to look at a bunch of people that look like bags of milk that grew limbs. Uh, it, it's nice to be surrounded by real top-tier premier athletes. Uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, for the longest time, I had to deal with people that were uncharismatic, ugly, stupid, poor. Uh, not on my level. And now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a locker room with people that, again, obviously aren't on my level besides Cody Rhodes, but are a little bit closer. So it's a nice change of pace. Okay. You know, and uh, you were at Double or Nothing, like you said, you stole the show there. But, you know, what was that experience like for you? What were some of the memories you took away from that day, whether they be backstage or, or in the ring? I mean, I can tell you as far as backstage, when I was done cutting the greatest promo in the history of professional wrestling, TK and Cody Rhodes met me with, uh, high fives, hugs. Uh, everybody was just so excited and so amped because uh, that moment we created history. You know, out comes Bret Hart, somebody that people would claim is the best there was, best there is, best there ever will be. And then out I come and I completely outshine him. Uh, it was an absolutely tremendous, amazing moment. I'll never forget it uh, until the day I die. It was uh, a night that everybody put collectively uh, together and said, oh, I know who the future of professional wrestling is. I know who the future of all elite wrestling is. It's Maxwell Jacob Freedom, the youngest and fastest rising star in the history of this great sport. Now, uh, Cody has talked a lot about how, and, and Tony Khan as well, how AEW isn't looking to script their promos as heavily as other companies. I, I was wondering how much of what you said there to Bret Hart was in your own words. Was, were you responsible wholly for the promo that you, you cut there? Everything that comes out of my mouth is 110% authentic. That's the difference between me and every single one of these has-been losers that try to be competent, try to be anywhere near as good as me. Uh, I'm never going to have some schmuck writer walk up to me and be like, oh, MJF, I had this idea, you know. Uh, no. I, I, would, I would rip the paper up, chew on it, and spit it in his face. I don't need help being me. Because I am the only me. I'm the only MGF there ever has been or there ever will be. There will never be anybody like me ever again. Uh, that is because, like I said before, I am authentic. Nothing about me is, is – I'm not portraying anyone. I'm just going out there and being myself. 
which means automatically right off the whip, I'm being better than everyone else you're seeing on your screen. Now, when when you say you're being authentically yourself, you know, MJF, one of the things I think is I think so many people are, are gravitated or the reason so many people gravitate to you is you have a, you have a realness that feels a little bit like a throwback in some ways. You know, everybody, you know, many of the wrestlers these days, they're moving a million miles per hour. You seem like a genuine storyteller. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's an accurate description? Yeah. Of you? Yeah, that's that's one hundred and ten percent an accurate description. When when I watch professional wrestling, I don't care for the flippy dudes and the uh, strikey boys and the let me run myself to death, let me let me out athlete you. I don't care about that. I, I come into the ring with one sole purpose, and that is to win. So I get the winner's purse. So I make more money than you. Uh, I think for some reason, all these people are so concerned about showing off to the crowd. They're not concerned about winning the match. It makes me sick to my stomach. That's why I idolize guys like Roddy Piper, guys like Ric Flair, guys like uh, Tully Blanchard, guys like Arn Anderson. I, I mean, I can go on and on. Uh, Dino Hernandez. Uh, shit. I, I, literally, I, I could actually stand here all day and tell you about wrestlers that I've gotten to watch that I have been drawn to. Uh, Buddy Landell. But the thing is, is I gravitate towards that style of wrestling. I gravitate towards when I come through the curtain, people aren't watching me because they want to see moves. They're watching me because it's me. They're watching me because the second I come through the curtain, they have no choice but to stop and stare because I have something in abundance that nobody has anymore. Sure, everybody has super kicks. Sure, everybody has brain busters. Sure, everybody has 27 different variations of a pile driver or Canadian destroyer. But you know what nobody has anymore? It. And I was born with it. And that's why it is the reason I am going to be the only thing that people talk about when it comes to all elite wrestling. And that's why people are gravitating towards me because everyone is afraid to be a star. I'm not afraid to be a star. I just am one. Now, you, uh, you did put on a heck of a performance there at Double or Nothing on the microphone in the ring, but you did come up a little bit short in the Casino Battle Royal. I mean, do you feel any kind of consolation? Nope, okay. nope, nope. That is, that is fake news. That is, that is absolutely not what happened. What happened was is I threw Hangman Page over the top rope, uh, and his feet hit the floor. The camera didn't catch that, by the way. I'm having my lawyers look into it right now. He then hopped back up to the apron, hit a buckshot when clearly I had already won the match, and then threw me over the top rope. Now, I don't know about you, man, but that sounds pretty illegal to me. Doesn't that sound a little illegal to you? Just real quick. I, I mean, if, if it is on the surface how you describe, you certainly have a cause for complaint, I would think. Yeah, yeah, doy. Uh, but let's, let's pretend that's not what happened, even though obviously it is, because Hangman Page couldn't beat me uh, if I had both my arms tied behind my back. Let's say that's not what happened. That is what I would like to call a fluke. That is a fluke victory. Uh, everybody gets lucky every now and then. Uh, you hear about the tortoise and the hare. You know, you got this stupid slow turtle that has absolutely no right being in a race with the athletic, amazing hare, the bunny rat, if you will. And somehow the tortoise wins. I'll tell you why the tortoise won. It was a freaking fluke. The only reason why Hayden Page won is because of a fluke victory. He's got to bum me. I mean, this guy's obviously not going to be able to beat Chris Jericho. If he was intelligent, he would have relinquished his title shot to me so I can give the world an amazing first inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion. But now instead, we have to watch a guy who proclaims to be a horse, yippee, try to fight for our title? I mean, it makes me sick to my stomach. 
do you do you think that there would be good cause here for Adam Page to put that championship opportunity on the line in a match against you at some point then? I mean, 150 million percent, yes. Kind of a stupid question. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Nick. My name is Nick. Yes. How's it? Oh, all right. Look, Ned, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you're trying your best here with uh, your journalistic integrity, but I think you and I both know that, yes, he absolutely should put that up for grabs for me because I am the person who should be in the match in the first place. I mean, come on. What do you, uh, what do you make of Chris Jericho's complaints uh, at the end of Double or Nothing where he feels that he's owed a, uh, uh, a thank you from everybody for the work that he's put in and helping to launch AEW? Look, Chris is a great guy. I think we can all agree on that. I happen to really like Chris. Me and Chris get along great. But here's the thing, okay? Uh, unless you're Cody Rhodes, I'm not thanking you for anything. He's not the reason I'm at the dance. He's not the reason I'm at the level I'm at right now. The only reason I'm at the level I'm at right now is there's two reasons. Reason number one is moi. Reason number two is Cody Rhodes. That's it. So, no, I'm not going to thank him. There are other guys in the locker room that absolutely should thank him. I mean, without Chris Jericho, yeah, maybe he has right to justification to say, would, would we have sold out that event in under four minutes without his name? I don't know, but I could also say, would we have sold out the event without MJF's name on the bill? Mm, I don't know. That's up for debate, too. So, you know, just call it a spade a spade here. That's all. Do I think Chris Jericho is an amazing talent? Do I think he is one of the greatest of all time? Do I think he's a certified Hall of Famer, first ballot, 110%? Yes. All right, well, let's talk a bit about your uh, your good friend Cody Rhodes here, who you've uh, mentioned several times uh, during this interview. Uh, what was your reaction? You mean my best friend, Cody Rhodes? Yeah, let's talk about him. What's up? Okay. What was your reaction to uh, Cody smashing uh, that Triple H-esque throne before the bout? What kind of a statement do you think he was trying to make with that? I think the statement Cody was making was for himself, and if you listen to his uh, post-fight interview, uh, that was he wasn't digging anyone. He wasn't trying to stir anything up. He wasn't trying to stir the pot. That was something he did for himself. That was a cathartic thing for him. And I respect the hell out of him. You know, a lot of people would be too afraid to make a bold statement like that. A lot of people would be too afraid to just let their emotions loose like that. Cody Rhodes bared his soul at that pay-per-view. And that's why every single person in that audience was standing at the end of his professional wrestling match and bawling their eyes out. Because that's what Cody Rhodes does. He evokes emotions. He tells stories. He makes you care. Just like Maxwell Jake. What do you think uh, we can glean or learn from that epic bout that you were talking about between Cody and his brother Dustin at Double or Nothing? Again, go right back to the throwback uh, statement that uh, we were discussing earlier. To me, I don't care how many cool moves you can do. There is nothing about professional wrestling more important than drawing in an audience emotionally. Sure. You might get an ooh and an ah in there every couple of minutes. But if you can have somebody hook, line, and sinker from the first bell to the second bell, that, to me, that is the art of what we do. That is professional wrestling. That is the sweet sport, the sweet science, if you will. In professional boxing, if you can have an audience that's the whole time. In amateur wrestling, in uh, football, uh, speaking of football, Tony Khan, my best friend uh, and the owner of All Elite Wrestling, happens to also be the owner of the Jaguars. Don't you know if he knew that? He's a really big deal. I love him. We're really close. Look, that is what's important about professional wrestling, just like any other sport. Our job is to make the people feel bested. And Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes absolutely showed the world 
the wrestling world, how important that is when it comes to not just professional wrestling, but literally any sport platform. Now, the show went off the air with an explosion there with the debut of John Moxley. Uh, what was going through your head when you saw him come out, and uh, what do you think he brings to AEW? Uh, look, um, let me put it this way. John Moxley is not somebody I would hang out with on the weekend for a couple drinks. He is not my cup of tea, if you will. Uh, does he have star power? Absolutely. Um, does he look like he could take a shower or two? Absolutely. But I will not deny the fact that the man uh, made a serious impact and that he was absolutely one of the main things that people were talking about after Double or Nothing. I think he brings a tremendous amount of star power to our company that already has an insane amount of star power due to guys like the Young Bucks, the guys like Kenny Omega, the guys like Cody Rhodes, the MJFs of the world. He absolutely fits the bill with the Chris Jericho's and I, did I say my name? I think I said my name. I Let me say it again, Maxwell yeah. David Friedman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think he's absolutely going to be a vital part of our amazing promotion. Now, you said you wouldn't hang out with him, which I can see. But how about wrestling him? I mean, this is a very scary, ultra-violent man. Would you, uh, would you look forward to a bout with John Moxley? Um, look, you could be as ultra-violent as you want, but at the end of the day, professional wrestling has rules. Don't know if you knew about that, bud. Uh, yeah, I would love to wrestle John Moxley. I would absolutely adore to wrestle John Moxley. I think we'd have a tremendous bout. I think uh, it would be, you know, fair and square. And I think uh, at the end of the day, I think you and I both know his hand would be raised. I'm not going to go there again. Sure, John's a nice guy. Don't know him that well. Don't want to stir the pot. But again, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Sure can figure out who would get the W at the end of that matchup. Now, he did that explosive interview with Chris Jericho a couple days after Double or Nothing. You know, what did you make of that interview uh, and his description of the, the creative struggles people seem to be having over at WWE at the moment? Yeah, again, just like I said, uh, I have never been inside of an, of an infrastructure or a business where I have not been able to be myself, nor would I ever want to be. Uh, so I am glad that Jonathan feels now that his artistic uh, – ability to kind of let his freak flag fly and be himself is is back on and he can and he can be the best uh john moxley he could possibly be you know all the power to him yeah uh, let, that's old school right there let your freak flag fly i think that's a crosby souls nash and young young reference if i'm not mistaken um now yeah, whatever man <laughs> uh now you uh you have the uh you have access to some pretty brilliant minds right now from from pro wrestling's history and the agents and coaches backstage at AEW. Who have you enjoyed getting to know and work with uh, backstage in that capacity so far? I don't really need anybody's help. Also, fuck Jerry Lynn. Next question. Wow. Wait, what happened with Lynn? What did he do to to get on your bad side He's a bad person. Honestly, he's just a bad person. You know, a lot of people... They're going around, they talk about how nice of a guy Jerry Lynn is. It's, it's, all, it's all a mirage. It's all hearsay. It's all BS. You know, this guy, we're talking about a guy who walked up to me and he put his hand out. He goes, great job, kid. The sarcasm was dripping at the mouth. The arrogance was pulsating through his pores. It was disgusting. And I never want to have to make eye contact with him ever again. And guess what? I never will. Wow, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Jerry Lynn. That you are you are literally well, here. You go. You can quote me on this. MJF says, "Fuck Jerry Lynn." Next question. 
Okay. Uh, uh, well, outside of Moxley, uh, Cody, who I know you're friends with here, who are the other, other talents uh, in AEW that you would look forward to getting to go into the ring and showcase your skills with? I look forward to wrestling everybody in this promotion because it is a promotion filled with top stars and top-tier premier athletes. Uh, you literally cannot go wrong. That is the beauty of our roster. Um, most importantly, that's the beauty of me because if you put me on a match graphic with anybody, it's instantly a hit because everybody wants to see me wrestle. Doi. Uh, next question. Um, now, uh, you had a confrontation with uh, fellow internet sensation Joey Janela at the Jacksonville rally. I was actually right there. I was. Oh, there we go. Now, uh-huh. why why did uh, why did it materialize with the two of you getting to to share you know or touch gloves here in a ring, so to speak? Uh, here's the thing. Earlier, we discussed independent wrestling. Um, to me, the man who epitomizes independent wrestling, everything is wrong with independent wrestling, would be the bad boy, Joey Janela. Uh, his bad breath, his bad body, his bad tan, his bad hair, his bad mic skills, his bad in-ring work. Literally, I'm going to tell you why Joey Janela attacked me. He attacked me because he is jealous. He attacked me because... There is literally not any part of his game that he can even remotely approach me on or be at the same level as me as. He could not lace my boots. He could not hold my microphone. Hell, he couldn't even successfully hold my jock strap. Joey Janela is the bane of my existence. Joey Janela is a bug that unfortunately I have not been able to stomp out yet. But I can assure you when that moment finally comes, that sweet, sweet moment finally comes, I am going to not only make sure that I beat the bad boy, I am going to end the bad boy. Um, you, uh, you, what, do you have any plans yet, or do you, have a, do you want to tease what you could possibly be doing at Fighter Fest later this month? I don't believe that's any of your business, man. Next question. All right. Well, uh, I'll wrap it up here with, uh, with my last question. Uh, when, I was in the sc- when I was in the scrums uh, after Double or Nothing, uh, one of my favorite quotes was uh, from Tony Khan actually talking about that thrown uh, spot that uh, that uh, Cody had on the show and he said everybody in AEW is here for their own reasons and they're trying to get their own thing out of this experience that is AEW what what are you trying to get out of this what do you want to get out of this experience here with AEW I want to be the face of this promotion and I'm going to be the face of this promotion there it is. Hey, uh, MJF, I want to th- you don't do a lot of interviews. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Um, is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we, uh, we wrap up the interview? Yeah, I mean, if you don't follow me on Twitter and Instagram, congrats, you live under a rock. But just in case, uh, it's the underscore MJF. My name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I'm better than you and you know it. Uh, uh, shit, I keep forgetting your name. What was it? It was uh, Nick. It's Nick. Ha- Narc. Nick. Nip. Nick. Nip. Nick. Nick. Whatever, man. See you later. Bye. So, uh, what is it like being here today at StarCast? Wow, for me it's amazing. Uh, this is the first time I come into the, one of those shows. This is the first time I come in, and uh, I'll be so happy. After 30 years, I'll be so happy to be here. So, AAA is running Madison Square Garden for the first time ever. Um, what does that kind of mean to see Mexican wrestling in the United States like that? Wow, it's... Uh, for the company, it's good, but I don't think it's good for the wrestling, for Mexican wrestling, because it's AAA. You know how it's AAA in Mexico? It's like WWE in the States. Sorry, but that is what it is. So, 
So do, you th so do you think maybe if it stays true to Lucha Libre that it might be good to kind of introduce people to Lucha? I, I, I like Lucha Libre, but independent Lucha Libre. Not like AAA, not Consejo, not like, uh, not like that. I like independent at the U.S., not, not AAA, you know how it is. Yeah. What is it like for you to see this next generation with Pentagon and Phoenix? And oh, the future is, is great, and the new guys, Pentagon, uh, Phoenix, uh, this guy coming in only the young guy, the young boss. This a lot of, a lot of, and a lot of companies and a lot of guys. I see a lot of, a lot of talent. So fucking different. Yeah. I can follow that. I can follow that. It's too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are great, 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 great. But you were an innovator. You and Rey Mysterio, the cruiser. Yeah, yeah, 20 years before. Yeah, 20 years before. Like, yeah. It seems like a lot of people are kind of. You're getting a new appreciation for like other people. Like on Nitro, they're watching old Nitros yeah. and things like that. What does that mean to you? Like, how, how, what's the common question or, or something that someone comes you, up you to you? Know, what you know what? Doing? When I watch those guys, uh, when I watch those guys like Phoenix, uh, the Jumpbox, uh, and then we got another, another NXT guys. I see a lot of. Oh, wow, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, how, how did they, they, they fucking revolution? The Lucha Libre. The revolution. I do it in 30 years before, but right now it's. The future big, so big, so big. Are you? Do you want to sign with another major wrestling company? No, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all right now. I got 30 years old, wrestling. Uh, I just do independent shows, stay with my family, get it all. I don't think make it with another uh, company. I will stay my, with, my, with my family right now. Well, you're an, you're an everyday superhero though. A couple of weeks ago, you uh, actually uh, saved someone's life. Tell I me about it. how that. Tell me what that was like. And uh, the Mexican Avenger told me. The Mexican Avenger. Avenger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me what that was like. Uh, it, that was. It's, it's bad. It's bad. But I, I'm I'm on the at the at the right time. That's it. I do what I do. That's just what I do. I, I don't do just I do what I do. It's, when you it's say, I mean. You, I don't. I don't never think. I, I, I always twice. think. I never think in the guy. I always think in, in his. His daughter. So I always he's he got uh, the old tour with the family. That day he got with me with Robin. The, every day he got with his wife and his daughter. Three seven months something like that. And I'm lucky go that day with him, not the family. You were meant to be there that day. You were yeah. meant to be there to help. Yeah 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 yeah. And uh, I do, but I do that. That's it. Have they, have you? kind of followed up with them to see how they're doing since that incident? No, I just, you know, keep quiet and make my life. With your life. Yeah, sometimes in Mexico, they say, hey, I'm Mexican Avenger, Mexican <laughs> I just say somebody, you know. So what's next for you after after uh, Sarcast, after this? What's your I, just, I just do an independent shows. Uh, in as the United States? States? Yeah, they say, see, I don't like to make in Mexico because, you know, right now Mexico is bad for uh, business for the cartels and the drugs is the business going through with that i grew up getting tijuana my hometown and uh i'm more in, in the states are you living here right now uh, i live in, in tj yeah 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 i live in tj right now and uh it's the border with san diego and play from san diego for the state it's oh, better for me you live in tijuana yeah i live in tijuana oh, yeah, 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 drive in California. yeah 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 and uh it's sort of safe for my family for me work in the state of Mexico because it's so dangerous right now. Okay. Last question, just um, um, just do you have any goals left that wrestling business that you want to accomplish that you haven't yet? No, no, no. I just doing that day after day. If somebody called me a goal, You're I just yeah, 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 yeah. Just doing day after day, yeah. Like after the after the accident, 
make every give day. New, yeah, yeah. Give, you a, give you a new lease on life. Yeah, 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 yeah. My day, my day, and enjoy everything. Everything enjoy. Is your children following your footsteps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They yeah, are. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, well, How well, old well. are they? Twenty. Twenty years. 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're not dissuading them no, from joining no, no, the business. No, 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 you no, want no, them to no, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you gonna pass on your mask? You think? Maybe, I don't know. Because I know there was talk with Rey Mysterio. Uh, with this yeah, time. you know how it is. It's, it's, when you are uh, the junior of something, it's so hard to make something in business and wrestling because you are the junior or something. You know? yeah. Everybody got the junior. But he maybe he's working with another name and maybe later doing it with the mask. I don't know. We don't even know. All right. Well, either way, it's got to be cool to see him continue your legacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We never know. Maybe again, though. Okay. So he's interested yeah. in wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. He like to, uh, he like to save more, more WWE, American companies better for him. And uh, he don't like too much of Mexico. I don't know why because he watching always uh, American wrestling. This this is why maybe more money, <laughs> more money, more money there. Yeah, 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 yeah. more money too. All right. Well, well I'll let you go so you can make some money with some yeah, fans walking yeah, around. Thank yeah, you yeah. so much for your time. Yeah, no, no, thank you. So, All sorry. Right. Thank you, Michael Weissman, for joining me at the top of the show. Uh, thank you, MJF, for the time, even though uh, you did not seem to enjoy my presence as much. And thank you, Scott <laughs> Fishman, uh, for uh, getting that interview with Psychosis. And thank you all for listening to the show. If you like the show, you want to support us, Wrestling Inc. Audio over on iTunes. That's the place to go. Five-star ratings, comments, always appreciated. Go over to our Pro Wrestling T-Shore, Shore, Pro Wrestling Tees, Pauly Shore. Go over to Pro Re- no the Pro Wrestling Tees Wrestling Inc. Store. That's what it is. Um, we should get a Wrestling Inc. Polly Shore show, shirt. <laughs> that would be awesome. The Weasel. Oh! Uh, you can go to get one of our shirts. We don't yet have a Polly Shore shirt. Um, but uh, if you get a shirt, take a photo, tag me, tag the site. We'll retweet you. We'll show you social media love. Uh, we got some other uh, big video content coming up this week. Of course, Sunday night, we'll be back with our post-WWE Stomping Grounds uh, breakdown show. And uh, this Friday, uh, we are back with the Winkly TV. Winkly TV every Friday over the Ringside Wrestling app. Uh, Michael, you've been a wonderful co-host here the last two weeks on Winkly TV. Much appreciated. But Raj Giri is back from his vacation, and he's going to take the seat back. Womp womp. Hey, hey it looks okay though. Have you heard about this thing called tout? <laughs> are you gonna? Are you? Are you gonna? Are you gonna take the tout now? Is yeah, that... whatever time you guys are going live, I'm going live. Head to head. You're going to take my seat from me? I'll be damned. <laughs> I, ugh, man, I'm kind of, you know, competition is good for business. That's what I'm told. <laughs> so, like, you know, God bless. Uh, grab Fishman. Anyway, um, you all are wonderful out there. Michael, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? Oh, I have much to promote. But um, you know what? If you want to follow me on Twitter, that would be appreciated. I'm trying to get my followers to be more than my followees. So uh, that would be at the real wiseman on Twitter. And as I do every week, if you like pictures of cute animals, you can come see my dogs and cats on Instagram. I am at wiseman.ma. Which uh, a lot of people do. It's very popular on the internet. Cute mm. animals. So uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Uh, I don't have any pets. We have a plant named Bob. Um, I don't really post a lot of photos of him. I don't, I mean, all of my photos nowadays are usually like, I'm a Pokemon Go Fest. Look at me in my, my Pikachu years. Like, it's true. Look at this breakfast bowl I made. It's Maybe just, you should post some pictures of Bob to break it up a little bit. I'll post, I'll share, I'll share a photo with Bob here later today and I'll tag it hashtag Winkly. And you guys, if you listen to the show, you'll all, you'll all get the joke during SmackDown Live. You can retweet that. You don't do much on Insta or Facebook, do you? You're just like a Twitter guy. I only tweet, and I only really tweet during shows, and then I'll tweet when I get bored, and I just want to, like, say something stupid. 
uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, well, I've posted a lot of dumb stuff here on Twitter recently. So, yeah, and honestly, I don't know. I'm not really a big social media guy. I may even, like, if I if I didn't have this job, I'd, I'd probably be off social media altogether. So, um, but engage me. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Come on now. You want to have some real fun? Let me take over your Twitter. Thank you all very much for listening. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>